This is Bump, Baby and Beyond with Emma's Diary. Hi everyone, it's Holly from Pretty Big Butterflies and Holly Plus. I'm super excited to be on Bump, Baby and Beyond from Emma's Diary. This podcast is in association with Bliss, the UK's leading charity for babies born premature or sick. So today I'm joined by the lovely Danielle. Um, Danielle is mummy to two twin boys, Ronnie and Teddy, and we're going to discuss premature birth and everything that comes with it. So hi, Danielle. Welcome to the show. Hello. It's great to have you with us today. Thank you. Um, So um, I've read a little bit about your story um, and I read that you had IVF to have your boys um can you take us back to your experience of um first falling pregnant and finding out that you were expecting twins so falling pregnant was quite a long journey yeah um cut a long story short we found out that we needed IVF yeah from myself and my partner okay um I've got endometriosis polycystic ovaries and he just needed IVF there's there was no way that they said we'd fall pregnant naturally yeah so we went through several operations between us and then finally got accepted for funding actually whilst we was in Florida oh wow celebrating my birthday which was really oh my gosh I can't even imagine how that must have felt for you getting that news yeah so we're taking the boys back to Florida at the same time that we found out this year which is exciting that's incredible so we fell pregnant first time, which we were really, really lucky. You know, we went to the appointments and they, they prepare you for the worst. We had to have counselling and okay. we had to go to London to discuss if it didn't work, right. what were the next steps we would take if this wasn't an option anymore. Okay. Um, but luckily the clinic we went to were really kind and caring and the nurses were amazing. Yeah. So, yeah, we... I had the embryo transfer I remember it being on a Sunday and I just felt so anxious and I literally didn't move probably for I think it was about 10 days they told me to just like you had to be wrapped you felt like you wanted to be wrapped in cotton wool kind of thing like don't move me I just wanted to just stay away from everybody yeah but then I was so nervous about doing the test and they say to you you have to wait I think it's 14 days that they told us to wait um because when they put the embryo back it's actually the embryo would be four weeks old okay so when you find out you're pregnant you're actually further pregnant than you think you are oh I didn't know that yeah so it's really interesting so there's a date they have it all written down for you when you should do the test yeah and I remember I kept feeling really sick but I thought I don't know whether it's anxiety or but me and my partner went to a Chelsea football match and I remember just being sick in the grounds and I was oh like... My, but did you think, hold on a second, this is this I is not usual, know. like what is yeah. going on? Like it was a pigeon that made me sick, oh. which is absolutely Sounds ridiculous. about normal to be honest, yeah, with pregnancy sickness. People would be looking at me thinking, what, this girl's so drunk and I don't drink. <laughs> and I was thinking, oh God. So I remember the day that we took the test. I did in my head think, I have to be pregnant. I can't yeah. be being sick and not being pregnant but all throughout the night I just kept waking up at like two o'clock three o'clock waking Joe up and saying can we do the test now and he was like no we've been told six o'clock in the morning do it then that must have felt like Christmas Eve you know when you're a kid and you're waiting for like that Christmas Eve to be over it was that was one of the most nerve-wracking days I've ever experienced but I remember doing the test (laughs) I'd done it 
I laid it on the side and I ran out of the bathroom. We Did had, you not look at it? You no. Just, no. We had an ensuite and I said to him, right, now you go in. Oh my gosh. And you look at it. And he was like, Dan, there's two lines on the test. And I was like, are you sure? And he was like, yeah, there's two lines there. And I was like, but they're really, really faint. I'm not quite sure. Oh. So I then done another test yeah. and I still wasn't convinced. So I rang my sister-in-law who at the time had two children already. Yeah. And I was like, look, no one knows, not even our parents know yet, but can you tell me if this pregnancy test yeah. is pregnant? I need a second opinion, please. She was like, Danielle, those lines are so dark. The darkest I've ever seen lines before. And then I was like, okay, I'm pregnant. Oh my goodness. Yeah, so, but it wasn't straightforward from there. I had really bad hyperemesis. Did you? Yeah. So I kept going to the doctors because I couldn't get out of bed. Yeah. I just was sick. I had my head in a bucket every day. I remember going to the doctor and saying to her, I've been really sick, haven't had a scan yet. And she was like, look, I'm just going to put it out there. If you're being this sick this mm. early, you're probably pregnant with twins. Wow. Yeah. So I rang my um, nurse and I said to her, the doctor said, I'm going to be pregnant with twins probably. And my nurse actually laughed and she said, Danielle, there's a 2% chance of that embryo splitting. So she almost she, laughed yeah, it off she as did. if to say she no did. chance. Yeah. So I was on so many different types of medication, had a really bad reaction to something called metoclopramide, which is another, I was on about four anti-sickness tablets, which then caused me to um, have something called a dystonic reaction, which my body just went into shock. Wow. Probably like the exorcist is the only way I can oh, explain gosh. it. So you yeah. were going through so much yeah. at that time, just obviously just finding out you were pregnant and going through everything yeah. else. And by this point, you hadn't even had it confirmed that you was it having twins. No, I just thought, I asked them for a scan in hospital um, and they said, no, you're too early. We um, can give you a blood test. So they done a blood test and they gave me medication to relax all my muscles mm. and she said look all the hormone levels are really high so I can confirm you probably are still pregnant and you know I had some spotting and I said to my partner let's just get a scan done yeah like just for peace of mind so we randomly just rang this lady and said look please can we come in for a scan we'll yeah. pay anything just to make sure that the baby is okay yeah of course and I remember laying down on the bed and she put the Doppler on my tummy. And I was like, oh, there's two. <laughs> and Joe and the lady was like, what? And I was like, no, there's two babies in there. Oh and then goodness. that was it. She picked up a size difference. Then she actually said to us that Teddy's heartbeat was really faint compared to Ronnie's. So okay. that's then when... That was six weeks. So six weeks is when the complications started. Yeah. So then, am I right in saying that... Um, around that point you found out that your twins had something called twin, twin to twin transfusion syndrome yeah so it I was referred to the early pregnancy unit and was scanned every week up until 12 weeks yeah they mentioned twin to twin transfusion syndrome mm. I sort of just shrugged it off when she said to me about it and how you treat it she mm. said you know it's just a little laser operation I thought oh they wave a laser over your tummy and yeah that's it no one could confirm then, but they had an idea that we definitely had it. It wasn't until 16 weeks that they confirmed. That they so, definitely confirmed. Um, what is, can you tell us what 
twin to twin transfusion syndrome is? Yeah, so I'm going to explain it in my terms. Okay, this great. isn't going to be Brilliant. medical terms. No, that's okay. So it basically means that one of the babies gets too much blood. Okay. And the other one of the babies doesn't get enough. So Ronnie was having too much, which could then cause problems with his heart. Okay. But Teddy wasn't having enough, which meant he wasn't getting enough nutrients. Yeah. And it um, causes the smaller twin's bladder to somewhat disappear. Okay. And then it means that the bigger twin has too much fluid around them. So there's a lot more to it and it only affects around 10 to 15% of multiple pregnancies. Okay. Yeah, but it's... So it was a lot, there was a lot going on for you, wasn't there? The surprise of the twins and then obviously everything else that came with it. So then what happened, um, so you had your babies uh, prematurely, didn't you? Um, What happened with your birth? So I was scanned weekly, so literally from six weeks up until 29 weeks. I was scanned every week. I was referred to different hospitals. Um, I saw one of the top professors in London, had a laser ablation surgery. But then at 29 weeks and four days it was, I went for just a routine check. Yeah. Me and Joe went to the hospital and we had a really great bond with our consultant. She, you know, she prepared us for the worst. She did tell us every week. I'm yeah. not sure whether they're both going to survive, but we'll keep going. Yeah, and so she was honest with you yeah, and she was... Every time. And there was only ever one scan that I saw her smiling, which was really sad. Oh, gosh. But... That must have been so hard for you, just, yeah. you know, looking at that consultant's face and obviously everything that you've been through. It just must have been such a hard time for you. I felt a bit selfish as well because, you know, I'd come out of the scans and I would see people happy. Mm. And then I would say to my partner, why aren't we happy? Yeah. But then when I would see someone coming out sad, I would think they could be going through something like what we're going through. Yeah, which, of course. you know, it's, it was bittersweet. I'm pregnant and I should feel really blessed, which mm. I was. But then I was actually really down because I didn't know how it was going to go. Of course, it's so, like a complete kind of bittersweet situation, isn't yeah. it? You know, you, you, you're, you've got the most amazing thing that you've tried so hard for, and at the same time, it's like, hold on a second, guys, and like, what's going on? Yeah. Like, this is not this is not the plan, you know? Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, I went into the scan. She was scanning me, and she just looked at me, and she she cried, and she said, "I'm so sorry." She said, "We're going to have to deliver." And Teddy was only showing at seven, uh, 575 grams at this point. Wow, that's so tiny. Yeah, so she said, look, I need to ring all the level three units. And I said, okay, I would prefer not to be in London just because, you know, it's harder to get to. And I had just been discharged from hospital on the Wednesday and they had two beds ready for us for the boys to be delivered. But obviously they sent us home and didn't realise what was happening. So they managed to find Portsmouth, um, which is a level three unit. I know it's far from home, but it's the best thing that could have happened. They got me onto the ward, you know, got me prepared, told me what was going to be happening. You need an emergency caesarean. Um, I knew that I could never give birth to them naturally. So I knew that this was coming. Yeah. So they blue lighted, it was myself and my mother-in-law, they blue lighted us down to Portsmouth. They got us onto the ward, you know, took my bloods and there was a few complications with my bloods not coming back right and they were clotting. So it actually worked out 
that I had them on the Friday. Okay. Which I think was for the best, you know, it was like 12 o'clock at night. Yeah. But I had two nurses sat on my bed the whole night with, um, is it Dopplers? You know, like the yeah, bands that like, they put on your tummy. Yeah, to like monitor To the find both heartbeats. Yeah. I didn't really see that as much, but mum always says to me, they were checking they were alive, Dan. Yeah, yeah. Because so, for them to be there constantly, yeah. you know, is is basically, I suppose, what they were doing. Yeah. Is at the time, you don't realise it because that you, you probably go into like a, a fight mode, don't you? Your body is like, right, okay, this is about to happen. I'm about to, you know, going to be strong and this is the situation we're in. Yeah. And you kind of block everything else out, I think, when things like that kind of, kind of happen. Yeah. Um, so um, what happened then going on with the bear? So... All four, four of us actually stayed in a room. The hospital were amazing. They put myself, my mum, my mother-in-law and my partner into a room on the hospital ward. Mm. Um, they gave us all a bed. And then at eight o'clock in the morning, they came down and collected me and my partner. got him ready. Mm. And they took me down and gave me my spinal blocks. And no one still knew what was going to happen. Yeah. Even though... It was an emergency. It was really, really chilled out. Yeah. The, everyone was just so... It, it was. It's a bit of a blur to me now. Yeah. And I really wish that I documented it more. Yeah, Because I feel like I have missed out on loads. I'm quite scared of needles. So when they was doing the spinal block, I yeah. was quite panicky and just had a little... Yeah, I mean, that's not... moment. It's not... I, I've had a two epidurals yeah. and they're not the most pleasant no, things like especially not. in that kind of that situation so yeah. and I just so you have to have double the amount of people in for twins so wow. say for example for a normal baby I think it's around six yeah. people they have in there so for twins they have to have 12 plus extra so it's very busy yeah. yeah so there was a lot of people in there and I remember they delivered Teddy first and I didn't really hear much and I didn't see much anyway. You know, you imagine the moment, like the Lion King moment, that's how I imagine a cesarean to go. Yeah. Like they bring the child out. Yeah. I didn't get that. But I do remember when they took Ronnie out, he had a little cry and they was all absolutely wetting themselves because he weed all over me. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just laying there completely oblivious to it all. But I didn't see them and they were just taken straight to neonatal. And it must have been so hard to go through all of this and then you don't even get a chance to see them, yeah. you know, when because I had a C-section and my first son, um, we had an emergency C-section yeah. and, and he was taken straight away. So I didn't get to see him as well. So I can briefly relate to that, yeah, yeah. to that tiny section of them taking him away. And obviously you had two babies that were taken away and and already knowing that there was a possibility that they might be poorly because they were so small so once that happened how did you it might be a hard question um how did you feel having to leave your little ones in an ICU which is a, the neonatal intensive care unit so we were actually really fortunate so obviously they were in Portsmouth which was 75 miles away from home the hospital actually put us up okay so the midwives actually kept me on the maternity unit for the 10 days mm. so they could do all of my injections. We just made friends with so many people there. Yeah. And then we were moved to another room, which was downstairs. You know, it had no windows. It just was a bed. But I was in the same hospital as my children. Yeah. Um, 
And then they moved us upstairs to the neonatal unit where they have, I think it's around six bedrooms. Um, but any day you can be told you can't have this room anymore. There's a priority. But for some reason, we were really fortunate and we stayed there every single day yeah, in the hospital. Great. But I can imagine, you know, they were premature, weren't they? Yeah. And they were really tiny. So I guess that was a it was a sign that you needed to be there. Yeah. You needed to be close to them. I mean, it it was hard because as well, I couldn't lay next to them. I couldn't really touch them. They were in incubators. I couldn't hold them. It was hard to change their nappies. You see, I didn't even tell many people that I'd had them. Yeah. Because I still in my head thought we could still lose one or both. Of so, course, yeah. You know, normally people do the big announcement. My message to people was, okay, I've had the babies, but please keep it quiet because yeah. I can't tell you what's going to happen. One in seven babies born in the UK each year need neonatal care. Bliss provides families with practical information and emotional support Find out more at bliss.org.uk. You'd been through so much, like you just told us, and then so now your babies are in, in intensive care. And I guess, like you said, it's like almost a self-preservation where you don't want to open it up too much because you're just scared of what of what's going to happen. So you just kind of sit and wait, don't you? So all this experience, obviously, was... You know, I can imagine it was just a heartbreaking couple of weeks for you. Yeah. Um, was there anything that you'd wish that you had known beforehand um, or or anything that you could have been more prepared for? I think um, with neonatal units, if you could have a little more preparation into knowing things that can happen there. Yeah. People do lose children and I've seen people lose children which was really sad yeah of course and again it makes you feel quite selfish someone tells you they'll be back tomorrow and they're not and you wonder where they've gone just can't even you can't even imagine being in that yeah position and watching that happen it's just there's so much going on around you isn't there it's not just your situation because you know even sometimes people call them the normal babies but the full-term babies who are healthy weights still have issues and still need to come to the neonatal units for some extra support yeah and I don't think until someone's actually been into a neonatal unit and seeing how hard the nurses work in there to keep our babies alive and what them children do go through yeah I don't think there's an I, I know it's hard to say, but I don't think people will really ever understand until, until they have to until be put that through situation. that. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I agree. When, like I said, when my eldest Cameo was in um, the neonatal unit when he was born, I couldn't see him for a couple of days because I was poorly, and you just when you first go down there, it's such a shock. I feel like I don't know. You just don't know what to expect, and. Yeah. Not only are you shocked about seeing your babies for the first time, which I I can knock the wind out of me, so I imagine it knocked the wind out of you as well. Then you see everything else that's going on. They are pretty incredible what they do, aren't they? Um, so in terms of um, moving on after the birth and having the babies, um, how do you think that affects you mentally? How did you kind of um, deal with everything that you had gone through? So I do think it, affected me quite bad a lot worse than what I made out to people Mm. I do I 
did ring my doctor throughout my whole of my pregnancy and pretty much told him every day, I'm sure I'm depressed. Yeah. I've got to be depressed. I'm having thoughts that surely aren't normal if you're pregnant. And, you know, these thoughts continued once I'd had the boys and I felt really selfish because I have them both here. And that's why I started writing about my feelings. I started writing down how I was feeling, mm. what I was going through day to day. And I remember the first day that I actually opened up to, I'm going to say the world, but it was the world of Instagram. Yeah. And I'd done a post about what I had actually been through for the last seven months. And the response was crazy, you know, like... That you wasn't alone. Yeah. yeah. I, a lot of friends didn't even know how bad things have got. Yeah. So it was a weight lifted off of my shoulders, but... I do think that everything that we've been through, it's especially affected me and I know it has affected my partner as well, but I suffer with serious anxiety now and I, I do think that's a big build up of, you know, the journey we've been through. Yeah. But I believe it has made us stronger. Is there anything along the way that, so obviously you said opening up to Instagram, you think, you know, helped um, your mental health. Yeah. Is there anything else that you've done since having the babies that you think has kind of helped you not kind of get over the situation so I don't think it's something you can get over but kind of help to process it and help to you know process what you've been through so there's a couple of things I'm part of a twin to twin transfusion UK group on Facebook and you know not all stories go how mine went I'd probably say 80% of the stories people lose their children so that really makes me think you're really really lucky Danielle so that makes me sit back if I'm feeling anxious or I'm feeling scared or worried. I sit back and I remember to myself, you've got your two children here. Yeah. They're happy and they're healthy. And I also made friends with, there's around 17 of us that we're all twins and multiples mums. Some of us have had twin to twin transfusion. Some of us have lost children, but we are a huge support network to each other. Yeah, We talk on WhatsApp every single day you know if you have a worry if you have a sad thought you put it in the group and we meet up we're all from all over the UK so nice. you know and yes I have my friends yes I have my family but I truly believe that these girls are like my security blanket yeah because they understand I suppose on yeah. a on a slightly deeper level yeah. because they've either been through it or they've experienced something similar yeah definitely. it's like finding just people you can relate to isn't it it's yeah a, that's it relate like having relatable you know people that have had situations the same as us and yeah it's yeah it's a relief it is a relief yeah just to kind of like you said have that bit of a security blanket because I guess you know I know we spoke earlier about how you know your friends and your family they always try but sometimes it's just having that other outlet where you might even talk about something different for a change you know or you might you know want to talk about something really in depth today and then almost pretend you didn't talk about it it's yeah. just you know everyone kind of understands I guess sometimes that's the perk of social media is that it gives you the ability to find people who have been through similar things to you. Yeah, definitely. There was a girl who I found when I was pregnant whose twins had had twins twin mm. and I held on to her account and held on to her as a person as well. And it really did give me hope that my boys would make it. Yeah. So I think as well, she was a, 
she was my rock throughout yeah. my, she kept me going yeah I can imagine and like spurred me on to be like you've got this yeah so it's just nice isn't it to have someone you can relate to I think and not yeah. to feel like you're so alone yeah definitely that's it you don't want to feel alone when yeah. you've got this stress yeah going on in the world so what advice would you give so anyone that's listening any of our mums that are listening or or new to be mums um what advice would you give for um anyone who might be about to have a premature baby or think they might have a premature baby or have had a premature baby if you get any kind of words of wisdom for them um there is light at the end of the tunnel you know these you may feel like you're in there for a long time but there is a finish line Mm. and that will be you and your baby at home I can't remember the quote exactly but there's a Winnie the Pooh quote about babies being really strong and I look at it all the time and I think to myself it is so true yeah even though some of these babies are brought into the world so tiny and I look at Teddy for example he was a pound four but now he is so strong and you just have to not forget about the bad days but let the good days override the bad days you'll have ups and downs but you just have to stay strong yeah and keep everyone close that's it I wouldn't have been able to do this without my partner yeah. my friends my family my mum yeah and your new your new friends as yeah, well that you definitely. found would you be happy in sharing your Instagram for anyone that's listening and who might be experiencing you know or going through what you went through what do you know what's your handle yeah so it's Teddy and Ronnie underscore twins I recently just changed it because it was a bit of a mouthful <laughs> um and I try and just you know be normal yeah just spread awareness of children's change yeah. transfusion and how are your little ones now how are they getting on <laughs> they're terrorists yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay they're good they're, they're at nursery actually they're just you know teddy was on oxygen too he was six months old and now i look at him running around like how what's yeah. going how did you do it <laughs> like people always say at nursery he's just a, a character yeah they both are and i think i feel like they they don't understand what they've been through, but they know that they're very loved. Yeah. Um, they have a, a lot of love around them, which I think has made them to be really cute little boys. Don't get me wrong. They're not always perfect, <laughs> but they are perfect in my eyes. Oh, it's amazing. And they're so lucky to have you as a mum as well. You, you know, you're obviously an amazingly strong woman and I feel really lucky to have met you today as well and thank you for coming in and sharing your story with us and I'll be following you to see what your little ones get up to Um, but thank you so much for coming in today and we really appreciate it and thanks for coming to share your story thank you for having me this podcast is in association with Bliss the UK's leading charity for babies born premature or sick find out more at bliss.org.uk